The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning, my friends, and welcome back to another edition of our live stream devotional and our podcast as we study through the Word of God together. And we're so grateful you're with us. We are in continuing in the book of 1 Peter. We've been going through this for a couple weeks now, and we are halfway through 1 Peter chapter number 3. So if you're following along with us, 1 Peter chapter number 3, I'm going to begin reading in verse number 1, or I'm sorry, verse number 8. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, the Bible says this, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrariwise, blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from, tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him speak peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So what we see in these few verses we'll look at this morning is really Lord is, again, through, the, through Peter, speaking to this persecuted, separated church, these 12 tribes and, and the new Gentiles, as he's speaking to them, he's giving them some challenge. You know, I find it intriguing. You might assume that a church, you know, that we, our church in the, in the beginning of the 20, in this 21st century, uh, is going to deal with more issues of conflict and dissension than maybe a church that did from people who actually saw Jesus. But the instructions that are given to us today and how to deal with dissension and how to recognize conflict and how to oppose it, how to go against it, well, that's something that God gave to the church to people, many of whom, all of whom would have been alive when Jesus was alive, at least at the older group, at least the adult group, Peter walked with him. So this would have been something unique. The church was very, very new, very young. And so Peter is giving instructions. And I don't know if maybe he is hearing these things are happening, so he's responding to it, or if he just knows this is a battle and he's sharing it. Either way, he gives some very specific instructions. And please remember, these are instructions for us. And what, some of what we're going to look at in the next couple minutes, we could say by nature, this is not natural for us. There's a natural tendency, and then there's a tendency that we're commanded. Many times in Scripture, when we're commanded to follow Scripture, we are commanded to go against our nature. Our nature is generally selfish. Our nature is generally critical. Our nature is generally angry. It just is. It's just part of that sinful nature. And he's giving us instruction not to do that. So we, we will need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do this. So let's go ahead and unpack these verses and see what we can learn. Verse 8. He says, finally, be all of one mind. Now, please understand this. He's not saying that you always agree on everything. Uh, he's talked about one accord, one mind, unity. He talks a lot about this. The Lord does in the New Testament. He's not saying that we always agree 100% on everything. He's just saying we have one mind. We have an agreement that we focus on the right. We're not going to point all the attention on all of those who we disagree with. Uh, in fact, what is the one? And what is the one thing that brings together? I guess... 
as one man put it, there's a difference between unity and uniformity. There's a difference between something bigger than all of us bringing us together, helping us to put aside our differences so that we come together. There's something different than that. Uh, there, there's something different than that than say, well, we have to agree on everything. See, if we demand uniformity, then that means we always have to agree on everything. If we don't, we can disagree. But if we demand unity, that means despite our differences, despite all these things, we have something, something bigger than us that draws us together. That difference is Jesus, his love, and the gospel. He goes, so having the singular mind, what do you say? Have compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. He is simply giving a command. Having this one mind, having this understanding and desire to be more like Christ, love one another. Um, be um, he's uh, having compassion one of another. Understand the battles that other people are going through. Give them patience. He says, and then love his brethren. Now, what do you mean love his brethren? That doesn't mean we're always going to agree. It just means we're going to love each other, be pitiful to each other, be courteous to each other. I used to tell my kids when they were growing up, still kind of say the same thing today as they're still young, younger than me, is a lot of times we always talk about the idea we need to be kind. And I hear this. I heard this in youth ministry. I've heard this in Minton Pastor. I've heard this from kids, teens. I've heard this from a lot of people. I wasn't mean to them. I hear that a lot. I wasn't mean to them. And I, I often made this comment. There's a large difference between not being mean and being kind. Just because I sat there silently while they were going through something didn't mean I was kind. Here's what they say. You understand, there's a lot of things going through my mind that I wanted to say. A lot of things that I could have said that were mean, and I chose not to. That's not mean. I mean, that's not kind, I'm sorry. That's just not being mean. He is telling us to be kind, and there's a difference between those two. That means I'm looking for ways to encourage. I'm not just silent in the midst of these problems. And he says in verse 9, not rendering evil for evil, nor railing for railing, but contrawise, the opposite, bless he says, I'm not, if they're real, if they're cruel to me, I'm not responding in the same way. My, my mind wants to, my flesh wants to, every part of me wants to respond. They said it to me. I have every right to say it to them. Man, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. All these things go through our thoughts. And he says, listen, we're not going to do that. He goes, but the opposite. We should give the opposite. We should share blessing to them. The Bible tells us in Scripture, um, we, we are to be, give them grace uh, we're to give grace to the hearer. That means giving them something they don't deserve. My mind says I have everything I want to say. There's a lot of things I, can, I could say, but I'm going to give grace. I'm going to be kind to people who have not been kind to me. He's why? Knowing that, they're, that you are called, that you're there to call, that you should inherit a blessing. If I'm willing to show kindness to people who otherwise would not know to me, God says you are there to inherit a blessing. He is watching. He is aware. And he understands that you're striving to show a testimony for him that is not natural in your human sinful flesh. So to verse Verse 10, for he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lip that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. So he's talking literally about what we go after. If we're going to love life, if we're going to have see good days, if we're not going to walk around miserable, if we're not going to walk around angry, if we're not going to walk around bitter, this is the alternative. That's the alternative what we can look at. So if we don't want to, how do we enjoy life? I refrain my tongue from evil. I, there are things that I want to say, things that I can say, and things that the world says I have a right to say, and I choose not to. I keep my tongue from saying things, and I hold my lips that they speak no guile. I make a point to not say what I could say, my, my words, and I choose kindness. I choose grace. Then I stay away from evil, and then I choose to do good, and then I seek peace and ensue it, go after it. 
by the way, your thought, your actions are always preceded by your thoughts, but they're also preceded by your words. We say things and we believe them enough because the Bible says the abundance of heart, the mouth speaketh. What I say is a result of what I think and ultimately it's going to result in what I do. So I must think correctly, I must speak correctly, then I will act correctly. And it starts with that heart mindset. Let's go ahead and finish in verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Hear that. The eyes of the Lord, he's watching, the ears are open to their prayers. You ever think about the question, we talked about this in church recently, why is it that God says, asking it shall be given, and you seeking you shall find, knock it shall be opened? It's not the only time he gives a promise of answered prayer, but it's one of those. Now he does say, ask, seek, and knock. There's things we have to do. We can't just say one random prayer and move on. It's a battle, it's, a, it's insistence. You have to keep going at it. But you ever wondered, why is it? Some people say, well, God chooses to say no, that's okay. But are we really okay with that? Are we really okay with the fact that God sometimes says no in areas we really believe he should say yes? Well, twice, twice in this chapter alone, God has given us reasons why, why we won't hear answered prayer. He says in the verse we just looked at, when he goes, Their ears, his ears are open unto the prayers of the righteous. And your actions are part of that. When you speak right, when you act right, when you choose to go the right direction, God will listen to you. You say, well, I know if I, if I harbor iniquity in my heart. Yes, if I choose to ignore sin in my life. But this is, I'm living a certain way, and I've justified myself in that certain way. He says, God is just not going to hear you. He says later to the husbands in verse 7, that if we do not treat our wives biblically, he goes, do this, that your prayers be not hindered. And if you choose to treat your wives poorly, your prayers are hindered. Yes, there can be times that you are convinced everything's right, and God is just choosing not to listen to you. Go, go to Josh, Go to the book of Joshua where Joshua is begging God, why did you let us lose in the battle of AI? And he says, listen, you have to understand there's, there's sin in the camp. There is a list of things through scripture where God says, these are the reasons I don't hear you. It's, some, it's a challenge for us. It's been a challenge for me. If I really believe that God wants to do something, I believe I'm praying in God's will. And by the way, me getting the nicest car in the lot when I go, you know, Corvette or something, is not always necessarily what I believe God wants to do. But when I'm praying for someone to be saved, when I'm praying for God to bless the church, when I'm praying for God to provide for my needs, things of that nature, that are biblically he says he's going to do, and I've done everything I should, I begin to wonder why. I begin to sit back and wonder why. And that's really what it comes down to. I come down to realize that there are maybe things in my life that is hindering my prayer life, and these are one of them. In my lips, is my words, my tongue, my actions, are they ones that God is pleased with? Are they things that God is saying, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to hear? We must be right with God to enjoy a powerful prayer life. So we're challenged with our, our words because it goes in, it shows a picture of our thinking, of our motives. And then motives result in our actions. So you, you can put out a front and look good, but God's looking on the heart. And that's what we need to strive to uh, purify, so we need to strive to get right so that we can live a right way and then we can enjoy power in prayer. Thanks again for joining us on this Tuesday morning and giving me a chance to be part of your day. I hope this is a help. I hope this is encouragement. I know it's a bit of a challenge as it has been for me as well. These things are not natural, but they are God, what God asks us to do. And may we strive and pray for grace to be able to enact these things through God's power. Thanks again for joining us this morning. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.